Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We have been reading the book of Revelation and we're ready to read the last chapter of Revelation chapter 22. Now at the end of this I, I may have just a few little comments just to remind us of our purpose in reading this. Um, but overall this is like I say, this is chapter 22. It's the last chapter in Revelation, which is the last book in the New Testament. And the next thing we will do is I will pick up and start with Genesis. Um, so I'm going to, I'm, I am unsure exactly how we will proceed with that, except that I know I want to start with Genesis and read through. Uh, up through all of the Old Testament like we have done to date and then maybe you know and that may take us you know this has taken me over a year and it may take us a year or more to get through that uh, probably more and the Lord willing if we get through all of that then uh, we will continue on um, doing various studies or maybe even rereading everything again and reapplying what we've learned and reapplying what we know. But for now, I'm getting a little off topic and I apologize. This is Revelation chapter 22. Now at the end of Revelation chapter 21, let me uh, put here, let me say here, um, we're talking about the new city, the new Jerusalem, I believe. Let me go up and make sure I get the name of it correctly. The new Jerusalem, yes. And we get a description of the New Jerusalem. And then in the last couple of verses, let me get a complete sentence for us. Uh, verse 25 on. By day, its gates will never be closed, and they will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing that defiles or profanes or is unwashed will ever enter it nor anyone who practices abominations and lying, but only those whose names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, I left out some of the bracketed extra information that the Amplified Bible puts in, because in this case, I think sometimes when I read that, it's a little distracting. But here, um, basically, just saying that we're going to be there, all the good things are going to be there, but there will be nothing there will be no abominations or anything that is detestable or repugnant. or There will be no morally bad things there. And that's because this is going to be after all the judgment, after all that is done. And it's just all that's left is uh, the Lord and God and us. So, so let me uh, continue on here. We'll read uh, chapter 22 of Revelation. I am reading from the Amplified Bible. Then the angel showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, Christ, in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer exist anything that is cursed, because sin and illness and death are gone. And the throne of God and, the land, and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve and worship him with great awe and joy and loving devotion. They will be privileged to see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be night. They 
have no need for lamplight or sunlight because the Lord God will illumine them or illuminate and they will reign as kings forever and ever. So talking about us, as Paul referred to us as bondservants of Christ many times, talking about us, we will serve and worship the Lord with loving devotion and uh, we will reign as kings forever and ever. We will reign with the Lord. God being supreme, of course, but you get the idea. All right, so verse 6, Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true, and the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel as a representative to show his bondservants the things that must soon take place. Now notice here, here we have, that was the end. That was actually the end. Um, verse 5 actually ends like that. That seems like that is the end of the vision, okay? Now, here it seems like the angel is telling him, you know, he, then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel as a representative to show his bondservants the things that must soon take place. Now, and behold, I am coming quickly. Now, um, blessed, happy, prosperous, to be admired, is the one who heeds and takes to heart and remembers the words of the prophecy. That is, the predictions, the consolations, and the warnings contained in this book or scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things, and when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things, but he said to me, Do not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who heed and remember the truths contained in the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time of their fulfillment is near. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy, vile and impure, still be filthy, and the one who is righteous, just upright, still be righteous, and the one who is holy, still be holy. Behold, I, now this is, this is the Lord, this is Jesus, behold, I, Jesus, am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to each one according to the merit of his deeds, earthly works, faithfulness. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the eternal one. Blessed, happy, prosperous to be admired are those who wash their robes in the blood of Christ, believing and trusting in him. Now this is Paul, this is John, I'm sorry, this is John. So that they may have the, pardon me, <clears throat> I should have said this before, okay. So, Jesus ended with, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the eternal one. And then here we have John, blessed, happy, prosperous to be admired are those who wash their robes in the blood of Christ by believing and trusting in him, the righteous who do his commandments, so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the, by the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs. Now this is kind of odd to me, but understand that this is what it says. I'm not trying to read anything to it or add or take away from it. Outside are the dogs. Now, in brackets, the uh, 
Amplified Bible says the godless, the impure, those of low moral character, and the sorcerers, and in brackets again with their intoxicating drugs and magic arts, and the immoral persons, the perverted, the molesters, and the adulterers, and the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying, deception, cheating. So, so this sounds kind of odd, but now we're past, you got to remember, we're back into the present. Here we're, we're past the prophecy ended back up in verse 5. So here we're back into the present. But this talks about so that they may enter the city and have the right to the tree of life. Now, to me, here we're back talking about the spiritual kingdom of God and that we have the right to enter you know, to enter the city. We are part of the kingdom. We have the right and we have access to the tree of life who is basically Jesus who gives us life and God. Um, so this outside are the dogs, the godless, the impure. Those are, those are the people in the world who are without God and without uh, the Lord. So I think we've come back to where we're in, in John's present. And I think in a way that puts us back in our present too. But but even just looking at John's present and, uh, you know, we're back to the spiritual kingdom of God. We're back uh, at the end of like the vision, okay? But here the Lord is going to speak again in verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you and give you assurance of these things for the churches. I am the root, the source, the life and the offspring of David, the radiant and bright morning star. Now we're going to move past that, and this is going to be, uh, this is John, again, uh, the Holy Spirit and the bride, the church, believers, say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who wishes take and drink the water of life without cost. And that is... That is, even now, that is what we say as, as the Lord's church, as the Lord's people. We say, come to anyone who would hear and listen and who would want to be a part of this spiritual life and uh, want to follow the Lord or would be interested in following the Lord and learning more about him, learning more about God. We would say, yes, come and take and freely drink. We can share what we have with you. This is, you know. Spiritually, this is what we have. All right, I'm going to continue on. I testify and warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, its predictions, consolations, and admonitions. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues, afflictions, calamities which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from or distorts the words of the book of this prophecy... God will take away from that one his share from the tree of life and from the holy city, New Jerusalem, which are written in this book. A lot of times we refer to, uh, we just say heaven, and we are referring to, actually, this, I think we, we actually mean this New Jerusalem and its description. He who testifies and affirms these things says, and this is the Lord, this is Jesus, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, and that's John. 
The grace of the Lord Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, be with all the saints, all believers, those set apart for God. Amen. So, in reading this, you know, we come back out of the vision, and uh, Jesus reminds us that he has sent his angel to testify to us and given us the assurance of these things to the churches. Um, he reminds us that he is, you know, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and that he, this says, I am coming quickly. And, uh, you know, we've already talked a little bit about sometimes the word for soon and quickly or, uh, or once things start, it's going to happen quickly. You know, it's kind of a, sometimes that word is very similar or the same. Uh, but nonetheless, um, we know that at this, at the end of Revelation, at the end here, we know that all this has not happened, of course. We know that, um, the new Jerusalem is not there and that we are not there. So we know that that has not happened. God is not living with us in that city at this time. Spiritually, yes, we are with God. We have access to the kingdom of heaven. We have um, access to God through Christ, through Jesus. And we know this. But these things, some of these things, um, I believe they are literal and they are meant to be literal, I think. The old, you know, the old earth will pass away and there will be a new earth. And I think this new Jerusalem, you know, God has said that it will be. And I believe it will be. Um, I would be hard-pressed to look at this and read this and say, this is the word of God. And then say, but I can't believe these things that are in it. Um, I, I have a difficult time with that. I can't do that. You know, at the end of the day... This is what God says, and I believe it. Now, there are a lot of things, like we've discussed before in Revelation, that uh, could very well be uh, symbolic in ways. Um, some of those things, though, uh, honestly, I don't know what they would be symbolic of. Um, some of the trumpets and the wraths and the judgments, what would those be symbolic of? I don't understand how that would be symbolic. Um, some things are symbolic, definitely. We talk about Babylon being really a symbol uh, and a uh, representation of humanity's rebellion against God and not wanting to follow God. And you can take that in both a personal way and us as a group. There's a, there's a part of us, what we consider maybe our old man or, or our past self, that uh, still wants to do our own thing and still, you know, tries to war with us or tries to, uh, you know, get us to do things we shouldn't do. So, but we're also warned here, and I, and I want to make sure we take this seriously, okay? I testify and warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, um, if anyone takes away or distorts the words of the book, you know, we're, we're told that if we add to them, God will add plagues, you know, those afflictions and calamities. And if anyone takes away from or distorts the words of this prophecy, then we will lose our share of the tree of life. So I'm not willing, I'm not willing to say that any of this is 
untrue or nonsensical or it can't be understood or that it's so heavy with symbolism that that you know that we can't understand it um i'm not willing to say that it has all occurred because there are events talked about here that have to my mind have not occurred i've not seen any reference of them in history certainly we could sit down and perhaps do a a study saying you know looking for a revelation signs of revelation in in history so that might be a possibility something we could do uh but I just want to—I want to make sure we're clear. I'm—I'm I'm very leery because, plainly here, we're—we're we're warned to take this seriously and not to ignore this. You know, in the beginning of Revelation, Jesus sent those letters to the churches for a reason. And and I think the more I've read and the more I've studied God's word, the more I've seen that, unfortunately, there is teaching that is not biblical that has has gotten in. Um, we as a people tend to be Pharisee-like and we tend to want to make rules and have uh, laws where perhaps none exist. Or we distort Scripture so that it will fit what we want it to fit. I'm not doing that. I'm not about that. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what I'm really about, what's the most important thing in Revelation? Is the application of what we've learned. So, I'm going to do a, just a very quick, short, kind of a recap. I'll tell you what we've learned pretty easily. We've learned that as Christians, if you look at the letters Jesus sent, we need to make sure we're following God. We need to make sure we're doing the right things, that we're acting out of love in God's will doing what we should be doing. We need to make sure that we're not just hearers of the word, that we're not just sitting back on our laurels saying, oh, we've got it, we've done, we're, we're good. You know, we need to make sure that we're ready and that we're practicing what we preach and doing the correct things at all times. Until the Lord comes or, or we die, whichever. Then, Another huge lesson, a huge theme here in Revelation is people not repenting. We need to make sure that we are not among those who are unrepentant. And we need to make sure as much as we can, as much as it is in us to do, that we relay to other people that they do not want to be among the unrepentant. They don't want to be um either cast into the lake of fire or just removed and just, you know, for them, for atheists, atheists say after you die, there's nothing more. Well, for atheists, they're going to find out, well, there was more, but for you, because you specifically chose that, you're right. There's not going to be anything more. You're going to get the judgment and you're going to be gone. I don't want that for anyone. I don't think we should want that for anyone. We should want everyone to be saved and to come to the, the knowledge of God, you know. So I think that's a big deal. Repentance and, and getting people to repent is a big deal. And that's something that is mentioned here. And then there is the spirit of rebellion, which is represented by Babylon. Now, the church is also represented as a, a clean... Uh, 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 let's see, bright and shining example, um, a woman who is uh, in, in white linen 
and and the individuals also are in white linen, you know, in a in clean, spotless robes. So the church is also represented, but um, and that's where we want to be. That's how we want to be. Whether that be uh, symbolic or literal does not matter. We still want to be like that. We want to be a part of the Lord's church. We want to make sure that we are not living in that spirit of Babylon, which is representative of <clears throat> the woman, you know, called Babylon, that she uh, represents that that human rebellious spirit where we rebel against God and we say, not your will, but mine. I want what I want. You know, I mean, in the end, that's, that's, that's our problem. That's our Babylon. That's our issue. Um, we have that rebellious spirit and we need to make sure that we conquer that and control that with God's love and not be selfish like that. But have God's love and have others' interests in our hearts. So, uh, and because that's how we please God. That's how we follow Him. Uh, is by taking care of others, watching out for others, caring about more than just ourselves. So, alright. Um, I can't think of anything else that's really my big takeaways after reading all of Revelation is that and really you could apply that to all of the New Testament really in just a very general sense I'm not getting into you know real specifics and going back through everything but uh, in general you could say that applies to the all of the New Testament and you would not be wrong because that's what we need to do. We need to repent and we need to treat each other with, other with love and kindness. And, and each other, all others, not just Christians, but all others. We need to treat everyone uh, well and look out for everyone. Because that's how we will share and show the love of God. And that's how people will be, their curiosity, their interest will be piqued. Because, you know, someone without requiring or requesting anything of them, someone will do something good and nice for them. And it, it, you know, it reminds people that there is a God. So, all right. I want to thank you for listening. When next we do this, um, aside from any other possible uh, little uh, lessons that I might do, uh, next we will be in Genesis and uh, we will start at the beginning and uh, see where that takes us. So, thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.